0: I find myself in an interesting position. I'm in two of my in between two of my favorite days of the year. Well, actually, I guess Christmas qualifies as one of those two. But we just celebrated Veterans Day, and as a vet myself, how, how many of you are veterans? Two, three, several. Absolutely. You're one of a very special number of people. There's only about 19 million veterans in the United States as of the 2021 census. That's, that's not a whole lot out of 353 million people. Every one of those veterans took an oath to serve up to and including their own lives. And many of them today, about 400,000 of them are in Arlington Cemetery, which is one good reason why it irritates me when people don't stand for the flag, I'm sorry. There's my political for the day. But we celebrate what used to be Armistice Day. When I was a kid, it was Armistice Day. I really was a kid. On November 11th, it's also known as Remembrance Day. It marks the day World War I ended. When I was in Germany many years ago, there was a celebration on that day, on what we now call Veterans Day. They call it Fosching. In November the 11th, on the, at the 11 a.m. on the 11th day of the 11th month in 1918. And um, it's a big party time in Germany. Amazing. They party all day long. And it's a special special thing if you happen to have a baby conceived on that day. Too much partying. Okay. At the urging of the major U.S. veterans organization, Armistice Day was renamed Veterans Day in 1954. When I find myself thinking about Veterans Day and the sacrifices that so many thousands have made all through the many wars that this country has fought in, I feel very fortunate. I've served in a non-wartime scenario. My son did as well. He's a is a Marine, you Marines know that you never really get out of the service. You're always gonna be a Marine until you are no longer a Marine. <laughs> and the Army and the Navy and the Air Force are all jealous, right? No, we actually get discharged. But our oath of office never expires. In fact, right now there's a movement and you can go online and do this, you can retake your oath and publicize it. And many, many, many thousands of military men are doing that right now. Because this country is in need of patriots. I'm gonna, I'm really gonna stop the political stuff, okay? I just can't help myself. (laughs) So we'll talk about Thanksgiving, which is another one of my favorite days. Thanksgiving is a national holiday in the United States. And it occurs this this year on Thursday, November 25th. But in 1621, the Plymouth colonists and the Wampanoag Native Americans shared an autumn harvest feast that's acknowledged today as probably the, one of the first Thanksgivings. Now, I'm sorry, to me it couldn't be a Thanksgiving because they didn't have any sugar and they didn't have any oven. So how do you make pie? Right? You got to have pies. But it wasn't until 1863 in the midst of the Civil War that Abraham Lincoln proclaimed a national Thanksgiving Day to be held each November. In 1827, a noted magazine author and profile writer, Sarah Josepha Hale, the author among countless poems including, Mary Had a Little Lamb, pushed and pushed and pushed to have the day become the major, major day. And finally, in, 18, um, in 1863, Abraham yielded to her, and that's why she's called the mother of Thanksgiving. Right in the middle of the Civil War, he scheduled Thanksgiving for the final Thursday in November, and it's been that way ever since. As an annual celebration of the harvest and its bounty, Thanksgiving falls under a category of festivals that spans centuries, continents, millennia, in ancient times. The Egyptians, Greeks, and Romans feasted and paid tribute to their gods on the fall harvest. Thanksgiving also bears a resemblance to the ancient Jewish harvest festival of Sukkot. And the native Indians were known to have feasting and merrymaking long before the Europeans ever settled in this country. But Thanksgiving is an attitude. We talk about being thankful for what we have and so we should, but it seems that more we possess the more we drift toward thanking ourselves. Thousands of years ago, Moses warned the Israelites of this when he said, be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, we all like a good meal, right? When you build fine houses, price of homes today is just skyrocketing, and settle down and then get complacent. And when your herds and your flocks grow large, and we love it when business is good, and when you're when your silver and gold increase and you have multiplied, uh, uh, when you have attained the, multi- the American dream, then your heart will become proud and you'll forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, as recorded in Deuteronomy 8, through 14. Note, Moses also noted in the next two verses how God led Israel through the vast and dreadful desert that thirsty and waterless land with venomous snakes and scorpions. And so far, I don't think any of us have been brought through those trials. And there he provided them with manna to eat and quail, just as he provides for us today. But we forget, don't we? Moses foresaw that after they entered the promised land, they would eventually produce lots of food, nice houses and wealth, just like us. So then he said, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant. Thankfulness. Gesuntite 12 times. <laughs> Thankfulness for the ability to get what we have. Centuries later, the prophet Hosea spoke to God when he said, When I fed them, they were satisfied. When they were satisfied, they became proud, and they forgot me. Now, centuries later, after Hosea, you and I still see that everywhere we look. Thanksgiving today is a time for feasting. For many, they have no idea what they're to be thankful for. It's thankful for a turkey or ham or steak or whatever your your festival day is and for gathering with family, but it forgets the blessings that God has provided. Thankfulness is an attitude we choose. The more we have, the harder thankfulness tends to be, and the more likely we forget God because all the stuff dominates our attention. We have to pay for it. We have to take care of it. We have to insure it. We hope nothing goes wrong with it, and we fall in love with it. Stuff. And you can't take the stuff with you. There are no moving vans behind hearses. You leave your stuff here. Unless we're careful, we'll slip into the common mindset of how much is enough, just a little bit more. And instead of being thankful, we dash off to shopping malls for more stuff on Black Friday. I wish Sister Irene was here, but she's watching. (laughs) But that's not enough. Now we do it on Thursday. And have you noticed that Black Friday is virtually every Friday and late October and November, it's all Black Friday. And now, the retailers have invented Gray gray Thursday, the day of Thanksgiving. It's Gray Thursday. Why? Because it's almost Black Friday. (laughs) So they're queuing us up to go in and spend our money, right? That's all this is all about. After all, they have to have Gray Thursday to undercut what goes on on Friday and Cyber Monday. It's all shop till you drop. The vocabulary expresses the consumer insanity that Moses and Hosea and that God himself decried. Anyone who's thinking will see the con games going on with retailers chasing money and materialists chasing more stuff. Both of those pursuits rise from chosen attitudes. By the way, there's gonna be less stuff to chase this year unless you're willing to get in a boat and go out in either Long Beach or Los Angeles Harbor. Because the stuff is blockaded. It's sitting in boats. And I noticed when I came to church this morning that two major warehouses, Ikea for one and Westinghouse for the other, virtually have no trucks unloading stuff at their warehouse. Isn't that interesting? Thanksgiving is an equally an attitude of choice. When we're thankful, we can feel happy because we focus on what we have rather than on what we don't. We feel peaceful and satisfied because we realize how much we have, more than we may have thought. We feel free because we realize we don't really need all that stuff we're tempted with anyway, and which helps us not to go into debt. And for all of that, we can be thankful. Thankfulness is a light in a dark world. Be a light. The world needs you. Lord, may I always carry the attitude of a poor and grateful person. Keep me from self-deceit of complacency, presumption, or pride because of what I have. May I always, always find my richness in God. Now, we traced a little bit of the history of thanksgiving. But scripturally, we find a lot of scriptures relating to thanksgiving, thankfulness, praise, which is thankfulness. So I'm going to read a few of them. And I think maybe Daniel can put them up on the screen just in case you don't have your scripture Your Bible's with you. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. And by the way, you probably won't be able to follow me exactly because all of these are from the Amplified Translation. But it says, be happy in your faith and rejoice and be glad-hearted continually, always. Be unceasing in prayer, praying perseveringly. Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. Be thankful and give thanks. For this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus, the the revealer and the meditator of that will. In Psalms we find, bless affectionately and gratefully praise the Lord, O my soul, that all is deepest within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not one of his benefits, who gives every one of your iniquities, who heals each one of your diseases who redeems your life from the pit and corruption, who beautifies, dignifies, and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. So much to be thankful for. So much to be thankful for. In Colossians we read, Colossians 2, 6, and 7, As you have therefore received Christ, even Jesus the Lord, so walk, regulate your lives, and conduct yourselves in union and conformity to him. Have the roots of your being firmly and deeply planted in him, fixed and founded in him, being continually built upon him, becoming increasingly more confirmed and established in faith, just as you were taught, and abounding and overflowing in it with thanksgiving. Those are the things that we really need to be thankful for. Isaiah says, and in that day, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name, by by, means his name in solemn entreaty. Declare and make known his deeds among the peoples of the earth. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done excellent things. Let this be made known to all the earth. His name, declare and make known his deeds among the people of the earth. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done excellent things. Let this be made known to all the earth. earth. So we have so much. And Isaiah was pointing out, we need to be thankful. We need to be praising God continually, continually. The breath that you take next is a gift from God. The next heartbeat is a gift from God. The, the child coming to you and saying, Daddy, Mommy, I love you, is a gift from God. Those things don't cost you anything. And they are more important than anything you can buy. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect, free, large, full gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of all that gives light in the shining of whom there can be no variation, rising or shadow, or, or shadow cast by his turning. What do we say? We're to be thankful. Chronicles says, oh, Chronicles 16, 1 Chronicles 16, 34. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for his good, for his mercy and his loving kindness endure forever. How long is Forever forever all the way into and through eternity Hebrews twelve twenty eight. therefore since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken let us be thankful and so worship God acceptable with reverence and uh, for our God is a consuming God fire Psalm 95 again verses 1 and 2 oh come us, come let us sing to the Lord let us make joyful noises to the rock of salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make joyful noise to him him with songs. In Philippians it says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say rejoice. Let all men know and perceive and recognize your unselfishness, your considerateness, your forbearing spirit. The Lord is near, he's coming soon. Amen. Maranatha. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance, in everything, by prayer and petition, by definite request, with thanksgiving, make your wants known to God, and God's peace shall be yours. Psalm 118.24. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Thanksgiving. We should be thankful for every day we are able to get out of bed for a good night's sleep. Before I was a Christian I used to wake up and say good lord it's morning. Now I wake up good morning lord. There's a difference in your attitude. Colossians 3:15 through 17 says in the peace the soul harmony which comes from Christ's rule act as an umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all the questions that arise in your mind in that peaceful state to which the members of Christ, one body, you were also called to live. And be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. Let the words spoken by Christ the Messiah have its home in your hearts and minds and dwell in you with all its richness. 1 Chronicles 29, 13, Now therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name and those attributes which your name denotes. denotes. Scripture after scripture, Ephesians 5, 18 through 20, and Paul says, And do not be drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be ever filled with, stimulated with the Holy Spirit. Speak out to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, offering praise with voices and instruments and making melody with all your heart and at all times for everything, giving thanks in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father. Psalm 107, one through three, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for his good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered from the lands from the east and the west. Hebrews 13, 15, through him, therefore, let us constantly and at all times offer up to God the sacrifice of praise, which is thanksgiving, which is the fruit of the lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. I have more You can search them out in your scriptures. The Bible is full of exhortations to us to be thankful. And if you read carefully, there's myriad of things to be thankful for. Second Corinthians 915. I'll stop with this one. Well, no, I won't. Thanks to God. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Here's a thought. Have you ever thought of the fact that your generosity in giving, you all knew that I was going to bring giving into this somewhere, didn't you? And giving the needs of others or to spread the gospel was a way to give thanks for God, was thanks to God, that God who gives to you will multiply what you have as you give. It's true according to his word. 2 Corinthians nine ten through 12. And God, who provides seed for the sower and bread for the eating, will provide and multiply your resources for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. Underline this in your scriptures. Thus you will be enriched in all things in every way so that you can be generous and your generosity as it is administered by us will bring forth thanksgiving to God. For the service that is ministering of his fund renders not only fully supply what is lacking of the saints, but it overflows in many cries of thanksgiving to God. So giving is a way to praise God, to be thankful to God. And it multiplies.